Hello, everyone, and welcome to The Heart of Memphis, a weekly conversation exploring the contours of the arts, commerce, culture, and faith. In each episode, we try to take you to the heart of the city. The Heart of Memphis is brought to you by a partnership between Lux Creative and Lindenwood Christian Church. Hello, everyone. Jeff Mitchell here again with another episode of The Heart of the City. We are grateful that you've downloaded this podcast. If you haven't yet, subscribe to us on your podcasting app of choice. Give us a rating. Give us a review. If you like the stories that you are hearing on this show, we hope that you'll share it on your social media platform as well so that we can continue to tell beautiful stories of this city that we love so much. We're excited today to have Eric Martin from Martin Music as our guest. Eric, thank you so much for taking the time to be with us today. Oh, Thanks for having me. We are glad to have you. We had to do a little scheduling work to get this set up, and so we really value your time and appreciate you coming on. I'm glad to be here. You are a native Memphian, if I understand, born and raised right here. Tell us a little bit about what it was like growing up in Memphis when you were a child. Yes, born and raised. Uh, grew up just around the corner from here in Midtown. Um, went to uh, Grace St. Luke's, a little private school over on Peabody Avenue, and then uh, to Central High School. Um, so, yeah, I've been in the area forever, just forever. In the heart of Midtown. That's about as center of Midtown as you can get. It is. It is. Absolutely. So, obviously, you have a love for music. It's what you've given your life to. It's what you've worked hard to share with other people. How did you stumble on to this love of music as a child? Uh, you know, before the show, we were talking about MTV. And uh, yes. I, I think MTV kind of started it and got a guitar when I was uh, – uh, borrowed a guitar from a friend when I was uh, 14, 15, and then when I was able to get a job, I bought myself a, an electric guitar, and I mean, that was it. It was just game on. That's all I wanted to do. <laughs> that's, all you, that's all it took. I really, I, I, I would come home uh, from school, I'd practice guitar, I'd get called down for dinner, eat dinner, and then once, it, <laughs> once dinner was over, I'd rush back upstairs and practice more guitar all right so how did you trans how did you begin to shift from i'm practicing the guitar upstairs to i'm getting out i'm playing in gigs this is something that i might want to explore a little more than than recreation or a hobby you know when in high school anybody that's playing at that point we didn't have you know some of the the rock schools and all these kind of kind of programs that were going on around town so in at that point in high school if, if you were playing an instrument you sought out other kids that were doing it and and we would just uh you know you, you you woodshed at home you learn tunes and then you you hook up with anybody who who was playing another instrument and you jam in their their garage uh i remember playing with some some friends uh in in this back house and uh the the, the older lady that was that lived behind us every every time we would play she would call the police <laughs> and, and and the the police officers would come over and, and they'd shut us down they were like you're too loud uh and this went on you know for for months and months and months and then we got a little bit better and uh so then the police officer would come and they'd hang out for a few minutes and, they, and then they, then they say okay guys you got to turn down a little bit or then they'd come back and they'd say hey could you play such and such song could you do this they started <laughs> requesting things and and we were just stoked to have an audience whatever you know uh, and, and then from there, you know, you just uh, you find places to play, and you're will, willing to pay for play for nothing, mm-hmm. just uh, you know, just for the exposure of it. Which it, we kind of laugh at now because when people call and said, "Hey, we got a gig lined up for you. Would you uh, would you play?" And I'm like, 
what does it pay? Oh, it's just for exposure. And then the response is, well, people die from exposure. <laughs> so, you know, you know, you get older and you're like, you're just not willing to do it. But it's still fun. It's still the passion. Well, that obviously launched you to where you are today. How did you go from playing in a garage band that the police loved to <laughs> thinking, this is what I'm going to do with my life? Because it's a big risk to say, this is a, a, an exciting hobby I want to improve on. This is something I want to get better at. To this is what's going to pay my bills and take care of my family and what I'm going to invest my future in. Oh, man, it, it was never really intended to be that way. I, it just kind of fell in my lap. I, uh, uh, I was like one of those music store rats that just hung out there all the time and probably drove not probably i did drive the salesman crazy and and uh again i loved playing i loved the gear i loved looking at what my favorite artists were playing and reading about their backstories and how you know what they what they started with and um uh reading every guitar magazine i could get my hands on and it got to the point that uh one of the when i was in college one of the the stores that i just hung out at all the time they said hey we're looking for some work you want you want a job and so i started working part-time for them um at the same time i started really getting into home recording i wanted to record my own music and uh so i I started buying like all this recording gear that i could but the problem was i had friends that said hey you got all this gear would you record us and then i ended up starting to record all these other bands instead of my own stuff and that kind of just opened up into like a, a a studio um and and that was keeping me very busy and it was a great learning experience I, at the time too a lot of the clubs in town you you could smoke in there and i never smoked and so that was a pain to you know you go and play a club and and uh come home and i felt like i was felt like i was like the the cigarette filter you know <laughs> that my throat was sore and my hair stunk and my clothes and my guitar uh so i loved doing in the studio where you're outside you weren't <laughs> you weren't around smoking and you were creating music and that's that, that was a passion uh it got to the point though that the store i was working for the owner of it decided to retire and I, again i was like just right place at the right time i was able to buy his mailing list of customers this is a store that had been there for approximately 50 years buy a lot of his uh store fixtures and uh for for close to nothing uh, i took out a home equity loan and just kind of on a leap of faith said well if he's closing i had there's a customer base that that i have built up uh, that i'll just continue that with under my own name and it kind of went from there and it took off from there yeah it, it was 1997 and uh before that, uh, I had been, when I was working for this other store, I had taken out ads in guitar magazines, just a little bitty ad, and it would talk about different guitar brands, great selection, call for pricing. People would call, and um, I would talk about what they had, and I, oh, I wish I could see it. And I'm like, I'll take a Polaroid picture of it, and I'll mail it to you. So, so I would take pictures of these guitars, I'd drop it in the mail, Two or three days later, a guy would call me back. He's like, "Okay, I'll take that one." I, you know, because you could actually see it. Mm-hmm. And then in nineteen ninety, a little after ninety seven, this this thing called the internet the came internet. out. The internet, yes. And uh, and I think I was like, "This is going to be amazing." What I can do now is I could take a 
a picture. I think they called it digital video still. I don't think it was even called a, a digital picture at that time. It was a video still or something like that. I could take a picture uh, with this digital camera, and I could email it to a guy, and instantly he would get it, and he could see the exact instrument I was talking. So I could talk to somebody from New York or from L.A. or from Miami or, or, I mean, even London or wherever. It doesn't matter in the world. And they could actually see what we had, and we created a website. So I was very early on in that game. Uh, I, so just right place at the right time. I wouldn't. I mean, if I wanted to do it now, I wouldn't even attempt to. Yeah. Uh, so it was kind of a, a no man's land as far as that goes, and 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 uh, it just worked. <laughs> it just it was a business model that just took off. You know, early adopters. It either they either go yeah. bankrupt or they take off. Yeah. You know. Right. You know, as someone that's only lived in Memphis for a little over three years, take me back to, you know, say your early 20s. What was the music scene like in Memphis then? Because, you know, that's one of the things as an outsider moving here, I knew, oh, Memphis is famous for music, for a variety of styles of music. And then I meet um, artists all the time that said, you know, this is what I did. I moved to Memphis to play the bass, to play the drums, and I have found a way to make a life here. What was the live music scene like in Memphis when you were coming of age? It was good. Not not as good as what I think it is now. Um, what I think is what's different now uh, is that we do see, like, like you were saying, a lot of people from all over the place that come to Memphis, not as much as like Nashville, but we get uh, we get people that do come here for the music scene because they know they can play at Beale. They know they've you know we we have like a thriving scene. Back thirty years ago, though, I think the the majority, the vast majority of the Memphis music scene were from Memphis. There were there weren't that many people that were coming from out of town to do. It, it wasn't like New York or L.A. or, okay. or the Nashville scene where where you know you, you look at somebody from Nashville and uh, they'll say I'm from Nashville, and if you ask well, where are you from originally, they're going to tell you, oh, I'm from Ohio or I'm from Indiana mm-hmm. or something like that. Where Memphis is different because. If you ask them where you're from originally, they're like, I'm from Memphis. This is where I grew up. This is part of the culture here. So it's a little different in, in that regard. And, and I don't think it's it's changed a whole lot in the last 20, 30 years. You don't think it's changed a whole lot? No, I think, okay. um, I, I think that um, there's, there's more recognition about contributions from Memphis musicians than there was back then. I mean, I, I remember having dinner over at friends' houses and, and – uh, I would be with some some guys that were just legends, and I had no clue, absolutely no idea who they were. And then then like the next time I'd see him, like, oh yeah, we just got off the road. We were playing for Sting, playing, you know. I just thought here's just a trumpet player, you know, whatever. And he's like, yeah, he's he's gigging with Sting. Mm-hmm. Or and so there was that. It's like people, uh, and, and it's still that way. You'll see a lot of, I, I see them all the time. They come in the store, and and here's a this bass player who has played for. David Bowie, mm-hmm. he has been the bass player for the you know the the, the house band in the Apollo for, for years, and and now he's just he's playing in church here. Yeah. So there's there's an amazing depth of musicianship here now that's going on now, and it's always been. So in '97, you bought and then created Martin Music. Tell us about that journey from you know early nine or late '90s. Obviously, you referenced that the internet changed everything. What was the trajectory to where you are today? Because all it takes is is one Google search to see the power of of this building on Poplar across the country and across the world with the contributions that you all make to music. I want to give you permission to brag about what you've done, but tell us about the journey of Martin Music to where we are today. Oh man, I I, I don't know it's. I, 
it's been 25 years, which is an amazing run. I, I, I still think, how did this happen so quickly? Uh, I, I don't feel like I'm doing a whole lot differently than I, what I did then, except that, um, you know, it's just grown from what it was back in 1997. I have purposely, you know, I, I've had some opportunities to go, okay, I could just take this to more of a mail order kind of thing where it's just click and buy, uh, hire more employees, and, I, you know, just I'd, I'd turn into more of an administrator then and I'm, I'm i'm just i love the gear so i purposely have kind of kept my store on a smaller scale more of a family size kind of thing just so i can be on the floor i can talk to my customers who most of them have turned into just fantastic friends and colleagues over the years and 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 just do what i like to do and it's, so that's that journey hasn't changed a whole lot except the the profile of the store has grown mm-hmm. just organically yeah well, the profile of the store is um, is powerful, so I just I Thank wanted you. to note that. Thank you know, you. I, I am not a musician. I love I love to listen to good music, yeah. but just you know, in preparing for this conversation with talking with our producer Josh, they he says that the, um, Martin music is bigger than what Eric is going to tell you it is. So uh, that's very kind. You know, I, I look back at like when I was sixteen years old, I was this guitar enthusiast and complete guitar nerd, just totally into the gear, totally into the music. I started my store at twenty seven. It was the exact same way, and uh, the enthusiasm has never, never gone away. And and I'm just fortunate to still like it, you know. And and I feel fortunate that uh, music kind of keeps you young. Uh, you know, when you you listen to a song that you grew up with, it, it takes you back to that time. And I still feel like, you know, in a lot of ways, my my, my brain tells me I'm still like that twenty something year old kid. Uh, you know, my back and my knees and my everything else on my <laughs> your, body. Your knees me, say otherwise. They, they really do. They tell, they tell you otherwise. <laughs> oh, man. Well, one of the areas I wanted to, to, to talk with you about, and it may be just a parallel to what you do, we've had other artists on that talk about how downloading platforms have changed a lot of music. And, you know, the ability to watch a concert on your iPhone has, has changed the way that people consume music. And obviously the pandemic, if, if nothing else, changed life for two years what what have been the changes in terms of like the way people consume music has that impacted you in in the work that you do or is it just kind of been something different that happens over there i I think it's changed everything um i mean for better or for worse yes uh you know when when a band comes into town and and uh and i'm kind of interested in instead of uh going and listening i'll pull up them on youtube and i'll pull up and see what they're like live Mm-hmm. You know, and and you're checking out like, okay, yeah, that'd be something I'm into, or maybe it's not. And the bad thing about that is sometimes maybe that video you pulled up is them on the worst night, and, and terrible sound system, or just who who knows? Maybe the singer had a cold or whatever, so it might not be the best representation of them. But uh, you know, when I was a kid, if uh, if there was a band that you were into. You had no opportunity to know what they sounded like when they were playing live other than talking to somebody who had already seen them. So if you talk to somebody, you're like, oh, yeah, you saw uh, Jimi Hendrix played the Auditorium North Hall. You saw Hendrix there? What was that like? That must have been incredible. And now it, it's pretty amazing. You just pop up YouTube and mm-hmm. you can see it. You're so so it's like, or, or uh, like we were talking about earlier about MTV, you know, occasionally they would do concerts on it. And, and I love that. I thought that was the coolest thing ever. 
I remember a Night Ranger concert on <laughs> MTV. <laughs> I thought that was the coolest thing in the world. Yeah, hell yeah, right on. Uh, and and so so you know now you can just go and you can pull up that and you can spend. I mean, I, I I'll admit I I go down way deep down that rabbit hole when I'm pulling up uh, bands and live and and that little bar on the side. You know, it just seems to read my mind of check this out, and then oh, there's this song and this song, and, and I look up, and I'll have been watching, sitting with my laptop watching YouTube for four hours. Yes, you know, it's it's awesome. I mean, it, it really is. But and and for what we do uh, selling instruments, I, I don't think it can do anything but help because it creates more desire to do that and more fun, you know, like, I want to do that. That's great. That looks that's so awesome. Uh, and and also just the amount of information that's out there, too. If you're wanting to learn an instrument, be it guitar or whatever, there are so many avenues to get that instead of having to just try to figure out on your own, which I think there's there's a, some, a lot of positives to that, just the woodshedding and making all these different mistakes and everything. But you can get from point A to point B so much faster now. It's 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 been nothing but good for for music in general. So we know the way that people consume music has changed, but what about the way music is created? What have been the shifts in in music gear and in, in what you sell that 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 an artist knows is kind of essential or something that they're aspiring to do when they know they're getting better? What have been the changes in music gear that you've seen since 1997? Well, for better or worse, you can record an album very inexpensively. That's for the better part of it is that you can get a get your laptop, an interface, a microphone, download some software, and you can put out an album. And 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 where thirty years ago, you you your options were maybe a cassette four track or maybe an eight track, and then the the, the sound quality was pretty subjective. Uh, some people, most people, would say it was bad. The the lo fi fans would say it's awesome. Uh, you talk to a Sonic Youth fan, they're like, "That was the <laughs> that was the pinnacle of technology." <laughs> but uh, you know, uh, the worst part of it is, and that you can do it cheaply, meaning that back. 25, 35 years ago, the the artists that were getting record deals, they put in the time. They they were that garage band. They woodshedded. They worked their ass off for hours and hours and hours to get to a certain level of proficiency um, that they could get a band together. Then they write certain songs and create this. Uh, you know, energy behind them and, and attract attention from a record label. And if they were good enough, they got signed to a label. And then that label would back them and they put out this product. The label wouldn't put out a product that, uh, I mean, I guess is arguable too, but they, the label wouldn't have put out a, a, a you know, this, uh, an album that wasn't very good. They, they wouldn't want to put out a product that was terrible because then they would never recoup any of their money. So the quality, the overall quality of the music that you were seeing 30, 40 years ago was much better, I think, than it is now just because as good as it is that anybody can put out their own music, now there's like this ton of stuff that it's just kind of, yeah, it's all right. You know, okay, it's cool that you did that. It's cool that you want to do it. But the bar has been lowered. Yeah. And Steve Lukather was talking about this uh, in almost a rant about how the 
uh, level of proficiency in musicians has gone down. And you can see it. I mean, if, if as a, a guitar player, if you want to play the stuff that's being played on the radio right now, uh, you could go and, you know, you can you could start out and practice for a few months and you can play it where um, you wanted to listen to play anything that was on MTV or you know, Headbangers Ball yes. or whatever. You had to almost be a virtuoso. You had to work your butt off to do that. Um, but that doesn't mean that... Uh, there's not great music out there too because it allows artists that maybe are kind of outliers that would not have had that major label attention because it's not what the the genre that's selling the most right now it's the, now we can they they can they can put out a product they can put out their music and their art uh, on their own and and do great without a label so there's there's a lot of pluses and minuses there's, there's basically it's just a ton of ton of music out there and you got to sift through it to see what's good and what's bad yeah my brother in college was had a garage band and there were like six of them they get together and drink beer and they recorded it in 2009 they put an album on soundcloud that's still on there that you know my mother listens to and that's it but like in my brother's resume he's like oh i put an album on soundcloud that's great <laughs> it, it 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 is, is and uh, and i'm glad my mom listens to it <laughs> But it reinforces what you say. <laughs> yeah. I, a, a friend of mine is a drummer, and, and he recorded a band practice that we did. At, we were 16 years old. And so he was going through his attic, and he discovered this tape, and he uh, digitized it, and he sent me a copy. And, and it sat in my inbox for a week before I opened it because I was scared. <laughs> I, I, I just didn't know. What I, was. I was like, oh, my gosh, this is going to be so bad. And uh, and then I, I – I finally opened the the file up and I played it. And I was like, "Hey, you know what? That's that's pretty good. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. I couldn't even, I couldn't remember playing it, but I was like, this is this is pretty good. And sometimes, you know, I, I think it's almost uh, like listening to your voice. Sometimes when you hear that recording of your voice and you think, oh, that's what I sound like,' and that bugs you. But certain length of time goes by and you listen back and you're like, oh, okay, I, I can deal with that. I can relate to I, that. I dig it. Yeah, yeah." So looking forward to the future, what are trends that you see coming in, in the music industry, not only in, in what how people consume it, but like how music is created? Is this going to continue to change? Anybody that's predicting the future is probably wrong, and at the same time, you are you are sitting at the center of, of where uh, the, the music world is going right here in Memphis. What do you see in the future? I don't know. I, th- I think we're just going to see the same. The, this, this, the trend is continuing. Um, I don't. I don't really see. Uh, I, I don't know. I don't have that, that crystal ball like you're. I, I, to 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 just guess even where it's going to go. Um, I, I see. There's always going to be great music. There's just. There's always. There's just brilliant people out there. There's really. There, there's just these. These incredible artists. So there'll always be great music. Mm-hmm. As far as a trend. I don't see any type of real trend. There's just so much that's out there. There's so many different genres and subgenres. Um, I think that uh, the the and I could be completely wrong, but I, I see that the I think the huge bands like the U2s or that type of the arena rock thing, like uh, uh, Rolling Stone stuff. I, I don't see. I don't know who's going to be the next one of that. I, I think the trend will be more to these mid-level artists. 
that that can sell out the, those mid-sized venues because people are always going to as much as people can download and pirate music and and not pay the artist at the at the end of the day we still want to see live music so there will still be that and i just i i, I think that there will be a lot more uh bands or that mid-level type of thing that will just be able to go on and on and on for years and years you look like wilco mm-hmm. you know I, will they sell at stadiums no. Will they continue making incredible albums and selling out those two to 5,000-seat venues? Yeah, I think they'll do that. For There's a lot of bands that are like that. Well, one of the things we always like to close on is um, what, what, what people love about Memphis. You're a lifelong Memphian. You've, you've been here. I'm sure you may have had opportunities to, to move somewhere else. What do you love about the city of Memphis, and what is your hope for the city of Memphis? Um. You know, I've gone to a lot of other places, and um, I, I still there's something about Memphis that's just so it's it's got a grit to it. I, I don't know if it was uh, was it Tom Waits that said something about river towns that it you know they have a certain kind of grit to them, and and um, you I guess you look at New Orleans, you look at uh, Memphis or St. Louis and Chicago or. Um, Gosh, you just Liverpool. I don't know. You look, look at all. You know, there's certain kind of um, cities that just have a vibe to them, and, and Memphis certainly has that. Uh, the uh, certainly, it's not as beautiful as say Montana, or you know, it's not the Rockies, or, or yeah, <laughs> Mont Blanc, or something like that. Um, but it has a culture and a vibe that uh, is just unescapable. Uh, as a longtime Memphian. We we have barbecue that, yes. that surpasses everybody. They they call it Texas barbecue. They call it what South Carolina barbecue, Kansas, they, but it's Memphis. There's a city that, that yeah. the whole style is named after. So uh, I love that. In fact, we have the barbecue festival just uh, starts tomorrow. Uh, there's a the music, the food, the people. The you know you look at the uh, culturally and, and going back to music. The Memphis music has brought together white and black people in, in a way that uh, isn't done anyplace else. Yes, or maybe New Orleans. You know, maybe New Orleans. But again, we go back to that that river, river town, town type of yep. thing. You know, Chicago. Yeah, um, but that's uh, I think that's something special that that very few cities can brag about. Yeah. Well, moving forward in in into the future, what, what's one thing you hope for for our city? Uh well, I hope the Grizzlies win. Yes, we <laughs> what a game last night. <laughs> so that in the short term, we we want the Grizzlies to continue the series and and win. <laughs> we want Ja to get healthy. Um, that, this 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 will make this interview pretty dated. <laughs> it will. It will. That's all right. We are recording the morning <laughs> no, after a massive blowout. <laughs> yeah, Part of me are. wanted to take fifteen points and transfer them to game oh my six. Gosh, yeah. <laughs> Can those be like the extra credit points we push forward to the yes, next game? That's what I was hoping for. <laughs> yeah, for real. Um, you know, I I just uh, I, I just think with with Memphis, I just want to see more positiveness, uh, more sense of community. Um, less division. I, I, I think music and food is one of those things that does that. Yes, it really does. You know, you, you get people together with a bunch of barbecue, bunch of fried chicken, some collard greens, 
And, and there's nothing but goodness that's going to come out of that. It doesn't matter who you are, yes. where you're from. It's, it's going to be a good thing. That's what Memphis is about. On that note, we will bring this conversation to an end. Eric, thank you so much for taking the time to be with us on this episode of The Heart of Memphis. Thanks for having me. This has been fun. Good. Well, we appreciate your time. We want to thank everybody for listening to this episode of The Heart of the City. We hope you enjoyed this conversation with Eric Martin in Martin Music. We hope that you will pass this on and let some other folks know about these great conversations that we have. So until we get together again for The Heart of the City, have a great one.